0: This episode is sponsored by How Is This Franchise Still Going? Hello and welcome back to the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast where we're going to talk a little bit about some franchises that are somehow still going. I'm your host, Gabe Rodriguez, and it's just me this week. Um, Susan and I have been working on some podcast that will come out, uh, later on. Uh, we talked with Troy about the, about episode one and episode two, and we're making our way all the way through the prequel trilogy. Unfortunately, Susan's not going to watch the third one, so, uh, it'll just be me and Troy for that one. I'm not sure when I'm going to release those, but, uh, I'm hoping at least one of them will kind of line up with, um, the, the, the next Star Wars movie to come out. So, um, probably in the next couple of months, it's spaced out a bit. So anyway, um, we're, first I'm going to talk about the, uh, Frozen 2 trailer just a little bit. It looks pretty cool, man. uh, Elsa's going to use her powers for something, like, for anything. <laughs> Actually, she didn't really use her powers much in the first Frozen movie. She was mostly just kind of afraid of them. And it looks like she's making some ice canoes and uh, trying to get, <laughs> trying to escape an island, a la uh, Castaway. That looks pretty cool. We get yet another explanation of what the heck does Stonehenge do? Apparently, Stonehenge is some kind of portal in the frozen universe, which that's that's cool. You know, I I don't know if I mind this whole you know let's explain what stonehenge is necessarily because i don't know i if i ever wrote a story i'd definitely play with some of that kind of mythology like what is uh like what is the bermuda triangle is something that i've kind of played with watching her just like make ice out of like waves and stuff it's just just little practical applications to it It just seem really cool and then apparently there's some other force at play here, because there's like a there's an underwater like ice. I don't know if it's a, is it an ice horse or just a water horse. I don't even know. I guess it looks like a water horse made out of bubbles or something. But all of this just looks really cool. I love the I love nymphs and like water nymphs and tree nymphs and all this type of stuff. Like all the that's why I like Narnia so much. All all the the creatures and the the powers and stuff so uh looks real cool oh also something that was a problem for like for the first frozen was way too many characters just <laughs> uh i think it's the honest trailers for frozen it's like oh we we've got uh we've got two princesses we've got two bad guys we got two love interests it's all it's just too much man and uh tangle did it better so this not too many characters we've got uh, we've got the two sisters. We've got um. Oh, geez, it's not Hans. It's the other guy. Uh, the good, the, <laughs> the good prince. He wasn't a prince, but you know, you know what I mean. The good love interest guy, and uh, Olaf, which is apparently the only memorable character in this whole thing. So, be real. It'll be real good. Oh, and the <laughs> does the most count? The reindeer, whatever he is, does that count? He's there too. So real good. All right, so. About the Men in Black franchise. <sighs> I don't know. I've watched... I Apparently I've seen Men in Black 2 all the way through. So I'm just going to be talking about the first and second Men in Black. Because uh, I just watched them recently. And uh, I've seen Men in Black 2 before. But it's it just... It's not very memorable. And it's better than the first one. But... Um, I'm just gonna spoil these. They're it, the basic plot is always, apparently, and it's this is definitely true about the first two, there's a, a thing that we have to get before the other people, before the aliens get it uh, in order to deliver it to the other aliens or to whatever get it off the planet uh, before the bad aliens blow up the earth. And then at the end, you find out that the, the earth is in a locker room or actually a marble and there's nothing else outside of the universe other than the, beyond this galaxy. And it's just like, wow, that was cool, I guess. It just gave me an existential crisis, even though this whole movie has just been really stupid. Like, it's fun, but also there are no stakes because, like, and it's and it's funny sometimes. But there's no stakes because anytime Will Smith or anybody gets thrown around, they just land in a pile of like plastic tubes, or even if they land on the ground, they just kind of like, oh man, that hurt, and they just get up and they're fine. Like these aren't super powered human beings; they're just dudes that happen to their that their job happens to be dealing with aliens all the time. The the basic idea is pretty cool. Like um, Agent K, who's played by Tommy Lee Jones, um, was one of the like founding members of this agency that takes care of aliens like immigrating to the (laughs) immigrating to Earth, and um, also like keeps aliens that are criminals off the planet and. Kind of deals with other uh, alien races and governments in order to facilitate hey you want this guy back we'll give him back to you and you can put him back in jail and if they pose a threat like a deadly threat they will use deadly force against these aliens so and and then you throw in the, the comedy of these aliens are <laughs> ridiculous and also this ridiculous situation of this is this is this guy's like desk job basically dealing with aliens and dealing with deadly aliens on a daily basis, and so that it, it, that gets kind of funny to where I don't know they're getting <laughs> the the alien worm in the second. Well, this is these are all gonna the gags are gonna run together. I'm pretty sure it's in the second one. Yeah, it starts out with, there's a giant alien worm living in the subway named Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, those kind of things are are funny. There, there are funny gags all throughout. Um, the fir- But the stories are pretty much the same. I kind of appreciated in uh, the beginning of the first one, Tommy Lee Jones like speaks perfect Spanish and uh, finds out, like, figures out which one is the alien in this, uh, like, group of Mexicans trying to jump the border, which, uh, that was, yeah, that's a, that's a touchy subject now, but, uh, he, he goes up to them, and he speaks perfect Spanish to each and every one of them, he gets to the last guy, and he goes, so, uh, he, you know, he's asking him all questions like, "Where? What, what, what are you here for? Are you gonna find a job? Are you gonna find a new, know you know, a new life and whatever?" And he's like, "Itu," and and the, the guy just goes, <laughs> "Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. and he's like, "Hey, uh, su- no, oh, man, I can't speak Spanish right now. It's too late. I've, I can barely speak it when I've got uh full eight hours of sleep and food in my belly. But um, he's like, "So you you're really ugly, right?" And, he, and the guy just keeps smiling and nodding <laughs> yeah I'm real ugly and uh yeah he's like you don't speak a word of Spanish do you and he goes huh? <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know I just appreciated that <laughs> it's probably just me I like that part uh what else was good about these movies there was a there's a 90s 90s rap at the end those are funny why is the there's a there's Two in each one, there's a there's a love interest. In the first one, it's this lady that works at the morgue. Beautiful woman, like very <laughs> very sexy voice, uh, which is kind of kind of weird. That's very it's very rare. <laughs> but uh, it, her she and Will Smith don't have any like interaction, hardly. But she's supposed to be kind of the, the love interest, I guess. but also not, she's just kind of there. I don't. And, and there's no reason for her to be there other than she has a scene where she kind of helps them get inf- get information, not even. And then she gets uh, abducted at the end by the main bad guy, Vincent D'Onofrio, who's uh, like a giant cockroach in this. and <laughs> uh, But she didn't need to be the damsel in distress. There was no reason for there to be a damsel in distress at all. And her whole scene where there's a misunderstanding, where... Will Smith thinks that she's hitting on him like really kind of explicitly and and she's just trying to tell him there's a guy like under the table and he's gonna kill me or both of us so you should probably look under the table and he takes it completely the wrong way and it's just not funny and I, I just don't there's no point for this woman to be in the movie at all Tommy Lee Jones is great as always, I think he's probably better in the second one. The second one is better. the The jokes are better. Everything's better, but I feel like some of the jokes kind of depend on uh, you having seen the first one because the kind of role reversal where Agent K, um, Tommy Lee Jones's character, is like he's the rookie again because he got uh, neuralized or denier. Yeah, neuralized forgot everything forgot the last 35 years of his life which why would you want to be a men in black if you know that you're gonna have to forget everything that you've done there you can't you can't have a relationship apparently um because Will Smith isn't allowed... It's just long... Like, you're not allowed to be with anyone, have any friends outside of the Men in Black organization itself. And then when, once you're done, they neuralize and you can't remember anything from the last whatever, how long you were a Men in Black for. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? I guess... I, I guess I'm... Okay, so this comes up in... <laughs> Star, when talking about Star Wars... The Jedi rule of not, uh, of them having no connections, like they can't get married. They're not allowed to love, in the prequels at least. That it doesn't make any sense. They don't have any explanation for that in the movie. And they don't have any explanation really for that in Men in Black, other than you kind of figure that Jedi and Men in Black are both basically superheroes. So they're going by like the Spider Man rule of things like you have you have a secret identity with men in black they're ghosts whenever someone whenever they have an interaction with someone you know related to an alien they neuralize them the people forget that the alien happened and they forget that the men in black was ever the man in black was ever there and so but it's basically still like a, a secret identity Where and I've never agreed with Spider-Man's like obsession with I need to keep my my identity secret because his it like demonstrably, his, yeah, and I just use that huge word for for no reason. yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> he his loved ones still get hurt regardless. And I feel like if they had, if they knew who he was, they'd at least have some countermeasures for that. Like in uh, Spider-Verse, the hit Aunt May like helps him. And I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people knowing who he is, like his loved ones knowing who he is, is going to actually be a big uh, help to him. They're at least going to have a heads up like, why is Green Goblin showing up at Aunt May's door and spouting... I don't know. And she's like saying the our father and and she's like and he's like finish it. Finish it. Deliver us from evil. <laughs> it's just why is this happening? And she's going, "What? Why did this guy choose me? I'm just I'm just an old lady saying her prayers at night. What the heck?" But if she knew that Peter was Spider-Man, she'd at least be like Oh, I have a gun under my bed. Maybe I'll pull this out and shoot him in the head, and, <laughs> and run away. You know, but no, she has no idea what's going on. Completely caught off guard. So, um, where was I going with that? Uh, I don't think the men in black really need to have no attachments. There's got to be people that you can trust, and even if, and so if. And if you find out that they that you can't trust them, boom, neuralized. You have that in your back pocket. I think uh, Will Smith in the second one completely justified. <laughs> also, if you can de people, that should be a plot point at some point. Like, why isn't a bad guy going? Oh, we. I'm gonna. I made a giant neural. I reversed the polarization in the Statue of Liberty, de or neuralizer. And made it a deneuralizer and and now I'm gonna deneuralize all of New York City. And it'll probably be fine. <laughs> but the men in black have to have to stop him and then he and then they lose and then it's fine. And they learn that, hey, we should just let everybody know that there are aliens here and maybe they can be prepared instead of just getting blown away all the time or eaten by giant cockroaches or whatever (sighs) you know something else that's weird the the lady in the second one is supposed to be sexy just wasn't (laughs) that's all i'm gonna go into that but she just wasn't um i heard that the third one was bad it made, I think, more money than either of the first two, so that's why they made the fourth one. The fifth one was bad, or the the third one was bad, and the fourth one is not making money because of that. Because if you go off, I really feel like if if it if a movie doesn't make money, but it gets great a great reception, that's what's going to make you money in the next time and the next go around. If it doesn't get a good reception no matter how much money it makes the next one's not going to make a whole lot of money we will see what happens with Avatar 2 because that's something I don't know if I have enough data to really back that up but Avatar 2 will definitely be a huge example of that because that made all the money and everyone thinks it's either stupid or forgets that it exists Um, so because I know that movies that don't have the biggest box office uh, like earnings but everybody thinks they're amazing the, the next one like makes a lot of money and I know that even if even if a movie is good and if the one before it was awful that good movie doesn't make a whole lot of money because people expect it not to be good and they don't go out opening weekend and by the time You know, it's three weeks out. It's just they don't care anymore, even though everybody's like, it's great, it's great. Well, the last one was bad. I sat through two hours of that, and you've told me for three seconds that this one's good. So, you know, two hours kind of overpowers that one, you know, even just a couple of people saying it, it only takes up like, you know, a minute or two of your time. If that makes any sense, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that the the last one being bad is a clear, like a clear thing in their head, whereas this is an abstract idea that other people are saying. So I don't know. We shall see. Anyway, I'm not going to drag this out. Basically, Will Smith is funny in these. Tommy Lee Jones is a good straight man to his like a comedian character and there there are funny parts there are disgusting parts there's parts where you will have to cover your children's eyes because there's an alien that uh, shapeshifts into a Victoria's Secret model Um, and there's it's all about the comedy because none of the stakes matter It's all just a vehicle for jokes. And like I said, some of the jokes land, some of them don't. And some of them just are... Man, just thinking about it, I guess some of those scenes were supposed to be jokes. And they weren't funny. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio's in the first one. But he's not Kingpin, so it's just kind of okay. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. They're kind of forgettable. They're 90s movies, early 2000s movies... And what you see is what you get. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this very, very short episode of the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast. You can follow me at Game in the Box wherever you care to find me. Still working on them videos, still posting them Instagram <laughs> posts, uh, still doing stupid stuff on Twitter. Patreon.com slash Game in the Box. Thank you to Troy for continuing to be a $10 patron. Thank you to Blaine for being a $1 patron. If you you can leave a review on iTunes and I will read it out. Thank you to Becky who has already written a just a just a beautiful, beautiful review. And thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.